0: Welcome and thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. One of the most popular passages in the Bible is Psalm 23. In today's message, First Pres Executive Director Chris Pan examines this verse that likens us to sheep. It's nice
1: to see everybody catching up and uh, sharing their answers. It is nice to be back in person, and hopefully you guys online have been typing into the chats. Good morning, I'm Chris Pan, I'm the executive director of the church, and our meet and greet question this morning was, uh, if you could be an animal, what animal would you be and why? Uh, I asked our staff this question this past week, and I got all kinds of interesting and fascinating answers. Uh, lion and shark, dolphin, elephant, eagle, sloth, <laughs> cheetah, horseshoe crab, uh, Luke Shin, our middle school connector uh, coordinator, uh, chose giant river otter, which is apparently a otter in South America that can eat small alligators. Oh. Karen Makashima, our Ohana ministry director, chose kangaroo uh, because she wanted to uh, be able to carry baby kangaroos around in her pouch, which is the most perfect and fitting answer. Uh, I think we all have, uh, I hope we had all kinds of interesting answers out here uh, in the congregation and in the sanctuary and uh, online. Uh, And and I think most of you probably chose an apex predator or some cute or interesting animal. Did anyone pick sheep? One, again, one. There was one person in the eight o'clock service too. Who picks sheep? Uh, uh, It it astounds me. The Bible picks sheep, so you are in good company. Uh, The Bible very clearly lets us know that we are sheep. Our sermon title today is, I am a sheep. Our Bible passage today is Psalm 23. It's a very familiar Psalm written by David, who was the king of Israel and also a shepherd when he was a kid. David lived about a thousand years before Jesus. As we go through our passage today and our sermon today, ask yourself two questions. What is God saying to me and what does he want me to do about it? What is God saying to me, what does he want me to do about it? If you are able, will you please stand? and join me as we all together read out loud Psalm 23. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated and join me in prayer. God, you are our shepherd. Speak to us now. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see you. We invite you and your Holy Spirit into this space and time in our homes and in this sanctuary. Be glorified. We pray this in Jesus' name and all God's children say, Amen. Amen. We're like, about going through the lectionary uh, is that it assigns the Bible passage for every week for the sermon. I know that this Psalm is a lot of people's favorite passage, but I never really reflected on Psalm 23 that much. When I started reflecting on Psalm 23, I really didn't make it much past the first five words. The Lord is my shepherd. I got stuck there, the Lord is my shepherd, because if the Lord is my shepherd, what does that make me? I am a sheep. Uh, I don't know about you, but I don't wanna be a sheep. I wanna be a hawk, because a hawk can fly and soar and doesn't have many predators. Or I wanna be a panda, because pandas are hilarious and chill. Uh, But the Bible calls us sheep, a lot. It's not just this passage. The Bible uh, references sheep more than 500 times. It's the most commonly referred to animal in the Bible. We are sheep. Psalm 100, verse three, know that the Lord is God. It is He that made us, and we are His. We are His people, and the sheep of his pasture. Really, Lord, we can't be the tigles, the tigers of your jungle or the, you know, the sea turtles of your ocean? Ezekiel 30, 31. You are my sheep, the sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, says the Lord God. Does it have to be sheep? Psalm 79, 13. Then we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, will praise you forever. From generation to generation, we will proclaim your praise. There are many, many more verses like this. Uh, We all want to be some cool animal, but God tells us, nope, you're sheep. And our task today is to come to grips with that reality, to accept that I am a sheep. I don't need to pretend to be a lion or a jaguar. Uh, I can embrace that I'm a sheep and celebrate it. That's humility and authenticity. Those are the core values, or two of the core values of our church. Because unless we really embrace our status as sheep, we won't appreciate what it means to have a good shepherd, that the Lord is my shepherd. So in an effort to embrace my status uh, as a sheep, I went to the public library to do some research and I got this book, Sheep, in the kids section. Uh, This is my speed right here. Um, And it's uh, very informative, but not very encouraging. It's a very sobering and realistic perspective on who we are as sheep. So let me tell you about sheep, and please reflect uh, about how you might recognize yourself, your sheepiness uh, in these descriptions. Sheep have lots of predators and really no defenses at all. Sheep don't have sharp claws or sharp teeth, they're not fast, they're not agile, they have no ability to hide or camouflage, they aren't strong or even fierce. They don't even growl or bark or make threatening noises. Here is a picture of a sheep lying on its back. (laughs) This sheep is not relaxing. Uh, This sheep, its its fleece has gotten heavy, probably in the rain, and it has tipped over. (laughs) Here's another picture of another sheep, so you know this is not an isolated thing. (laughs) If left in this position, this sheep will die, because it cannot get up. There are newspaper articles online that say, if you see a sheep in this position, please help it up. Sheep are utterly defenseless. The only defense that a sheep has is a shepherd. We are sheep utterly defenseless, in need of a shepherd to protect us. Sheep have no real sense of direction and are blind followers. There's an Associated Press news story from 2005 from Geves in northern Turkey, where a group of shepherds took a break to have breakfast. And while they're eating, they watched in horror as one sheep in their flock fell off a cliff and in quick succession, the other 1,500 sheep jumped after that sheep. 450 sheep died, and the only reason that more sheep didn't die is because those first 450 sheep created this big, pillowy, soft, woolly cushion for the other sheep that fell upon them. We are sheep with no sense of direction and sometimes no sense, desperately in need of a watchful shepherd to guide us, where to show us where to go. Sheep are thoroughly willing to settle for less. Sheep will stop and drink from a dirty, contaminated puddle, even though there's a clean and abundant water source just a few feet away. They'll just think, this dirty puddle is good enough. Sheep will happily eat poisonous plants that will kill them. Sheep will stay on a tiny patch of land uh, in in a riverbed. Uh, refusing to walk across the water to the riverbank. They'll just stay there on that patch of ground while the river floods around them and they'll drown when all they needed to do was walk across the water to the riverbank, just a few feet to safety. We are a sheep in need of a caring shepherd to encourage us and lead us. Our complete and total helplessness without Jesus, our shepherd. I saw this video and it was like looking into a mirror I don't know how that sheep got stuck on the tire swing. Uh, just like I don't know how sometimes you and I get stuck in the messes in our lives. Uh, and I recognize that myself and that sheep trying to solve its problem the same way over and over again and failing in the same way over and over again. I particularly like uh, all the other sheep in that video looking at that sheep in the swing thinking, I'm sure glad I'm not that guy. <laughs> we are sheep, I am a sheep. On our own, we are defenseless and directionless, we make bad decisions, and we are utterly ridiculous. We are in desperate need of a caring shepherd. Praise God Almighty that Jesus is our good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Jesus is our shepherd, and being a shepherd is a lowly job. It was reserved for hired hands or the youngest child in the family, which is why David got assigned that task. But Jesus, in his his humility, is a shepherd for us. He takes on this lowly job to care for us in our need. Isaiah 40 verse 11 says this about Jesus. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms. He carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Jesus is our shepherd, carrying us in his arms, close to his heart. And Jesus is not frustrated with us, or annoyed by us, or disappointed by us. He loves us profoundly, unreservedly, unconditionally. The Jesuit priest Anthony de Mello wrote, meditating and thinking about Jesus and his love for us, he wrote, Behold the one beholding you and smiling. Behold the one beholding you and smiling. Jesus is the one beholding us, looking at us, and smiling. Even in our ridiculous state as sheep, he looks at us and smiles at us with love. I've got a picture in this book of this cute little lamb. Jesus looks at us like we look at this lamb with tender affection. Psalm 23 continues, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The author Dallas Willard wrote his own paraphrase of Psalm 23 and he translates this phrase, I shall not want, as I have life without lack. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. It's one thing to know this verse, it's a wholly another thing, different thing to live this verse. I lack nothing. Psalm 23 describes how the shepherd provides everything that the sheep needs, food and water and rest, restoring of the soul for the sheep. The shepherd provides everything that we need, life without lack. Do you believe that today? The author Ruth Haley Barton encourages us to engage in a simple exercise, List the things that you think are lacking in your life right now. What do you think is lacking in your life right now? You might be thinking, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough experience. I don't have enough beauty. I lack patience. I lack support. I lack friends and friendship. I wish I had more followers. I wish I had more energy. I wish I had more health. But the truth of the Psalm is that God is telling you, you have a good shepherd, and you have life without lack. Can you believe that? Can you lean into God's provision? What is God nudging you about now? What is he saying to you? What does he want you to do about it? The Lord is my shepherd, I have life without lack. He makes me lie down in green pastures. As we think about green pastures and life without lack, let's remember that this Psalm was written in Israel, not in Scotland. You may be picturing green pastures as lush, verdant rolling hills covered with dense dark green grass and abundant life for sheep. This is a picture of the Negev in Israel. Author Ray Vanderland points out that these are the green pastures that David is writing about. Israel, for the most part, is desert. But in the evening, condensation will gather around rocks and tiny shoots of green plants will sprout up. And the job of the shepherd is to lead the flock along these paths from one mouthful of grass to another mouthful of grass until they all have enough to eat. The sheep follow the shepherd step by step wherever the shepherd leads, taking a mouthful here and a mouthful there until they have enough to be full for that day and then lie down satisfied. Enough just for that day. And the next day they get up and do it again. And so it is with our shepherd. We're not dropped off in some lush field where Jesus says, I'll see you in a week. We follow the shepherd daily as he guides us, so that we always get enough of what we need for that day. Just like how God provided manna daily for Israel as they wandered in the desert, just enough to be full for that day. Life without lack. The shepherd leads the sheep, guides the sheep for food and for protection. And for all their weaknesses, sheep actually have good eyesight and good hearing. And they follow the shepherd by listening. Jesus says in the Gospel of John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. We follow the shepherd by listening to his voice. Let's take a break from our sheep lesson for a moment, and uh, let's talk about architecture. I recently learned about the whispering gallery at St. Paul's Cathedral in London. St. Paul's Cathedral has this dome roof, and in this fascinating architectural quirk, someone discovered in 1878 that if you press your ear against one side of the wall, you can hear someone whispering all the way on the other side of the dome, 100 feet away. I doubt that, um, you know, I, I love this, and, you know, here's a picture where you can see you know, that uh, dome. You put your ear on one side, you can hear somebody whispering on the other side. I love that this was discovered in a church uh, because I imagine in my mind the idea of God whispering on one side of that wall and us on the other side, being able to hear his voice, his whisper. I think we need to cultivate that attentive, quiet listening in our lives to be able to get to the place where we can silence all the distractions around us and hear the whisper of God to us. I thought, I need to get to St. Paul's Cathedral so I can hear God whispering at that specific place at that specific time. And we might think that about church, that God is only speaking at Koalao at 8 and 10 a.m. on Sundays. But as it turns out, this whispering gallery effect has been found in all kinds of places. It's in Statuary Hall at the U.S. Capitol in D.C. It's in the San Francisco City Hall, Grand Central Station in New York City. They've found whispering galleries in buildings in India, Iran, Turkey, China, France, Spain, Germany, Australia. I love that because I started imagining God whispering on the other side of these whispering galleries in all these places around the world all these thin spaces between heaven and earth where God's whisper comes through clearly and of course God's voice isn't confined to whispering galleries in buildings the whole world is God's whispering gallery any place any time if we incline our ear we can hear God whispering to us in church but also in our office or on our couch, or lying in bed, out surfing, riding the bus at zippies. Wherever we are, we are sheep in a field, listening to the voice of Jesus to lead us every moment of every day. When you go about your life this week, pause at lunch or at dinner, at bedtime, driving in the car, and recognize I am in God's whispering gallery right now. God is whispering, he's saying something. What is God saying to me? What does he want me to do about it? The idea that Jesus is leading us his sheep in a world full of whispering galleries really emphasizes our need, our constant need for Jesus. Sheep are in constant need of a shepherd. And honestly, a lot of time, I don't think I'm a sheep. I think I'm a cactus. Israel's a desert, so there's also a lot of cactuses or cacti and a cactus doesn't need constant attention. It just needs a heavy rain every few weeks, and it's prickly, it has its own protection. And I think we think that we're cactuses, or cacti, more than sheep. You know, I'll go to a church once a week or once every few weeks, I'll get a thorough watering, and then I'm good, I'm easy, I'm a cactus. But the Bible doesn't call us cactus, cactuses, cacti. The Bible says that we are sheep. Sheep are in constant attention from a shepherd. Here's a picture of a sheep that wandered off for more than five years in the Australian wilderness. That's more than five years of wool growing on this sheep. They removed 89 pounds of wool from that sheep and it's doing fine now. But it's a sobering reminder of what happens to a sheep when it's not under the care of a shepherd. What happens when a sheep says, I don't need a shepherd, I'm fine on my own. Look at that sheep, look how way down that sheep is. Do you recognize yourself in that sheep? So some very practical advice now for keeping contact with our shepherd. That's another core value of our church, getting into and staying in the presence of God. Throughout this week, pause throughout the day and really just reflect on, pray through Psalm 23 or just one line or phrase of Psalm 23. Let it soak into, you. imagine God on the other side of that whispering gallery speaking to you. Lean into your need for a shepherd. If you want some even more practical ways to create space for God to speak and to make time for connection with our shepherd, I'm a big fan of the following apps, uh, Pray As You Go, Lectio 365, and One Minute Pause. Download them to your phone, try them out, uh, see what works for you. Remember that monks living in monasteries actually have bells that ring throughout the day to remind them that it's time for prayer. If monks living in monasteries need reminders throughout the day to pause and be aware of God's presence, then it's all good for us to get a notification or reminder on our phone at lunchtime or bedtime, just pause, lean into the presence of our shepherd, seek his presence at all times. A side note here as we think about God's presence and the presence of others, there's no such thing as a lone sheep. Sheep are social animals, they live in flocks in community. For all their weaknesses, sheep can remember 50 individual faces for more than two years, which, yes, is longer than many humans. Sheep mourn the passing of other sheep. Sheep need others for protection and to thrive. We as a church are a flock of sheep. We are not a field of cactuses, cacti. We need each other. I read an article last week by Wharton professor Adam Grant titled, There's a specific type of joy that we've been missing. And the specific type of joy that went missing during the pandemic, Grant writes, is collective effervescence. The pandemic robbed us of time together as a community. And emotions are inherently social. Research shows that people laugh five times as often when they're with others than when they are alone. We can be happy on our own, but our peak happiness often lies in collective activity. That's collective effervescence. This sense of energy and harmony we feel when we come together in a group around a shared purpose. Being on a dance floor with others, volunteering together, playing sports together, or being in a religious service together. It is good to be together, amen? Amen. So stop by the coffee bar after service or drop by into a connect group if you're online, get into a small group, and consider coming back to in-person services I gotta tell you, like this morning, walking around in the halls before service, I just saw people praying for each other in the halls. Somebody with their hand on somebody else's shoulder just praying, that is delightful, that is church. What's interesting about this idea of collective effervescence is how it relates to verse five of our passage and the idea of people together. Verse five reads, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. At this point in the psalm, the imagery switches from the Lord as shepherd to the Lord as as host at a great banquet. And this line in particular, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I always thought about this like retribution towards my enemies, like instant karma, payback, like ha ha enemies, look what you, look I've got this banquet and you've got nothing. Uh, It's gloating and rubbing in. I've got God on my side and you don't. That was my interpretation. Dallas Willard, a much more spiritual man than I, translates this passage as, your abundant provision is a feast for me, so I'm happy to share with my enemies. Your abundant provision is a feast for me, so I'm happy to share with my enemies. What? (laughs) What? This is why a feast is set before me in the presence of my enemies, so I can share with my enemies? My cup isn't just mostly full, It's not even full to the brim. My cup overflows. God is overwhelmingly generous to me. And in response to that overwhelming generosity, I can be generous to others, even my enemies. God, what are you saying to me right now? What do you want me to do about it? The psalm ends in verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. Pastor Pete Scazzaro points out that instead of follow me, other translations read, surely goodness and mercy shall pursue me all the days of my life, shall pursue me. And I like that so much more because it reminds me of a horror movie. People in horror movies are always being pursued by some terrible, creepy thing, uh, and they're always looking over their shoulder and they fall down, Um, and I think that's how we are. We're gripped with anxiety looking over our shoulder thinking that we're being chased by something bad, by uncertainty or disease, our weaknesses, our failures. Some terrible thing or other is coming to get us. And it turns out that we're not being pursued by some terrible thing. We're being pursued by goodness and mercy. That all our fears about what's coming to get us, it's goodness and mercy that are pursuing us. It's God's overwhelming love that's chasing us down beauty, pleasure, bountifulness, God's loving kindness. That's what those words for goodness and mercy mean here. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Jesus is our good shepherd walking in front of us, leading the way, and behind us is goodness and mercy pursuing us my whole life long. My whole life long. Our need for a shepherd to lead us isn't a one-time thing. It's not a prayer prayed once or a decision made once. It's a recognition that we need the presence of our shepherd every day, every moment of every day. As I mentioned before, author Dallas Willard wrote his own paraphrase of Psalm 23. As we go through this upcoming week, maybe this is the version that you'd like to pray through and reflect upon line by line. Here it is, I'm gonna read Dallas Willard's paraphrase of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I have life without lack. In his green pastures, I've eaten my fill, so I lie down. At his still waters, my thirst is satisfied. He heals and reintegrates my broken depths in his eternal life, so I can walk in paths of righteousness on his behalf. Even though I go through loss, hunger, disease, aging, and death, I will fear no evil because you, Jesus, are with me. Your strong rod and protective staff put me at liberty." Your abundant provision is a feast for me, so I'm happy to share with my enemies. You give me hot showers and warm fluffy towels, joyful experiences and deep relationships to make me feel clean, special, and powerful. My cup runs over so I can be generous without ever running out. Surely this world is a perfectly safe place for me to be because I dwell and abide with God in the fullness of his life in the kingdom of the heavens Forever. One final story that I read in a commentary on Psalms. Uh, It may be apocryphal, but I like it because it brings us back to the Lord is my shepherd. The story goes that in the early 1900s, two ministers were on vacation in the Welsh countryside when they came across a shepherd boy tending his sheep. And they find out that the kid has never been to school or church, and so they teach him Psalm 23. And the boy comes to faith in Jesus by repeating, the Lord is my shepherd. And the next year, the two ministers are on vacation again in the same hills when they stop by a cottage for a rest. And a woman answers the door and she notices the two men staring at a photo on the fireplace. And she says, that was my son. He died last year in a snowstorm tending his sheep. But the curious thing is that when they found him, his right hand was holding onto the fourth finger of his left hand. One of the ministers replied, we met your son last year. And because he was a shepherd boy, we taught him to repeat the first line of the 23rd Psalm. And we told him, whenever he said it to himself, he should pause at the fourth word and think, this Psalm was meant for me. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. In good times or bad times, the Lord is my shepherd. We are sheep in need of a shepherd in life and in death, in times of abundance or in dark valleys. We need a shepherd. And the Psalm doesn't read the Lord is our shepherd, even though the Bible talks a lot about collective people, God's love for his collective people. And the Psalm doesn't say the Lord is the shepherd or the Lord is a shepherd. Psalm says the Lord is my shepherd our psalm and the truth that each and every one of us need to accept and hold fast to is that the Lord is my shepherd. I pray that God's overwhelming love will put those words into your mouth and into your heart in this upcoming week. The Lord is my shepherd. Amen? Amen. Please join me now in prayer. Lord, we come before you now to listen. You are our good shepherd. We are sheep, we are defenseless and directionless, and thank God that you care for us, you love us, that you behold us even now and smile. We thank you for your tender love. We thank you that you find us when we are lost, that you guide us, that you provide for us, that we have a life without lack because of you. And God, I pray in particular now for people who might know or might have thought the Lord is a shepherd or the Lord is the shepherd, but maybe it's never actually prayed, the Lord is my shepherd. And so right now, God, online and here in this sanctuary, we lift up to you, anybody who wants to pray, the Lord is my shepherd. We thank you that you will be their shepherd for now and forevermore. If you've prayed that prayer now, the Lord is my shepherd. We encourage you just to click the button in the chat pane or if you're you're here in person, please find me after the service. This is not a one-time thing. You need a shepherd every day. We need shepherds every day and a community to surround you. We are in a flock. So we give you praise, God. We give you praise that you love us so. We give you praise for how you look at us now and smile. We thank you for your love. We love you too. We pray this all in the strong name of Jesus Christ and all God's children say, amen. amen. We are in the presence of God and he is a good shepherd. May you receive now this final blessing. May the love of God our Father and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore, amen. amen. If you would like, you can catch the service at your convenience anytime uh, on our website and please hang around for our connect groups online, you can, on Zoom immediately after the service, you can push the button there on the connect group. God bless
0: you and see you again next week. We surrender to Jesus, our good shepherd. His love and dedication is for his sheep, his people. If you want to catch up on or re-listen to previous services, you can find past services on our websites, fpchawaii.org and thevinehawaii.org. You can also find First Pres sermons on most major podcast services and on YouTube. In-person worship has resumed, but still in limited capacity. There are two services at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. every Sunday morning. If you'd like to participate, we ask that you sign up through the website on a weekly basis. And both services will be streamed live on the church websites. Once again, fpchawaii.org and thevinehawaii.org. Please continue to check your email for links to sermons, church news and updates, registration for in-person worship, and lots more. And as always, if there's anything we can do for you, you can always reach the church through the website or just call. 808-532-1111. For Pastor Dan Chun and the entire staff at First Pres, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you, stay safe, and thank you for listening. This sermon podcast is copyright 2021 and produced by the Media Ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu.